Okay, this week's 20-Minute Tuesday is a segment I want to talk about one topic in particular, and this week, it's inflation. Welcome to Money Stuff. I'm Shane Allen, and I love talking about all things money. Everything from the stock market to side hustles. Each week, I'll discuss topics on how to better understand money so people like you can hopefully make more and keep more of it. If you're an experienced investor or just someone looking for insight in how to gain more financial freedom, I hope this podcast is for you. With that being said, let's dive right into this week's episode. All right, start the clock. 20 minutes on inflation. So that's a topic this week that I want to go over. Um, Since Joe Biden became president, you know, inflation has been up. It's not just him, but the money printing during the pandemic, the money printing during Donald Trump, the money printing during Obama, Bush, everyone, Bill Clinton, uh, the money printing since World War II and has caused inflation. Now, real quick, my take is basically the United States saved the world from the Nazis in World War II, and in to pay us back, the world said, we will buy your paper forever, and we'll make the United States dollar the world's reserve currency. We will. The Saudis said, we will price our barrels of oil in U.S. dollars and... Therefore, you're allowed a little more leeway than every other currency in the world. Why? Because we own the printing press. So when we need money, we print money and the world buys it. And then the world converts it to their currency. So this creates a debate on whether deficits matter or not. With The deficit is ballooning, as it always does under every president. Hmm. It did it under W when he went to war. It went under Obama when we had the financial crisis. It did it under Trump when he had basically Trump cut taxes and increased the budget. So he had to borrow that money. Where did he borrow it from? The Federal Reserve. Who printed it? And made it, created it out of zeros and ones and pressed a button and it was in the bank's accounts. So more money supply chasing the same amount of stuff is inflation. Uh, Is it bad? Is it good? Well, it's bad for savers because savers stuff that dollar underneath their mattress and in five years it's only worth less than a dollar at two percent a year for a decade though the federal reserve has said their goal is to inflate it and inf- to keep inflation around two percent and they have struggled to meet that until the pandemic Conspiracy theories aside, we are way above that this year because of all the printing globally, not just the United States, which is printing like mad. But is that bad? That's the question that I want to take um, today. So Joe Biden assured Americans that the sharp uptick in inflation they are experiencing is temporary. 
most economists think it's most economists think it's transitory, okay? But you and I and other people aren't convinced. So it looks like it's going to be just under four percent this year, where it'll drift, where it will drift back towards their Federal Reserve's target at two. Some people say though that four percent isn't that bad. Why? Let's take a look at wages. Wages are starting to rise because people need money to, if housing is going up, they need more of a salary to pay for housing and food. So they're demanding higher salaries. Wages rise across the board from the bottom of the Burger King Whopper Flipper to the higher end managers. Everyone is demanding more. So wages are rising. Now, the question is, can they rise ahead of inflation? And how do you beat inflation? So there are two ways to beat inflation pretty easily. One, take out a 30-year mortgage on your house. Why? Because you take out a 30-year mortgage in 2021 dollars. Okay, so you're borrowing the full amount of your house in 2021 dollars and you're paying an interest rate, pretty low interest rate, like generationally low interest rate. Okay, now for the next 30 years, inflation, let's say you take out you take out a loan at 3 percent and the inflation rate is 4 percent. You're that is actually eating up that percentage because your fixed loan amount will not change it'll only go down hopefully okay as your salary rises and the value of the dollar falls okay so you'll be using less a percentage a smaller percentage of your salary or your income to pay for your housing cost so your house actually becomes cheaper with a mortgage not to mention that it, with more dollars in the system chasing fewer homes, it will increase the value of your home as well, which is like a piggy bank. So even if you don't have a loan, in theory, it will push up the value of that asset. But most importantly, if you do have a 30-year loan, at the end of 30 years, those dollars that you're paying are still 2021 and not 2051. So the banks, what the banks do to adjust for that is each year they, they raise their interest rates, but you've already locked yours in in 2021, let's say hypothetically. So that's why a mortgage is a good hedge against inflation. That's the number one reason. Now, the number or the number one way, excuse me, the number two way is invest in the stock market, but don't just invest in anything. And why? So the stock market, let's take a company, two companies as simple as um, Burger King, or I'm sorry, let's take McDonald's and let's take Coca-Cola. Both have market domination. Not 100%, but my point is they can control the price of a Big Mac. So let's look at the cost of a Big Mac 10 years ago or the price of a Happy Meal 20 years ago versus today. Though They have pricing power, the same with Coca-Cola and 
you you want to think about this when buying stocks which companies have pricing power in their sector or market if they can raise their prices to meet or beat inflation their profits will go up their share prices will go up and your money will beat inflation so if you take a hundred thousand dollars and stuff it under the mattress it's not going to beat inflation it's going to lose to inflation every year two to four percent of the value of that hundred thousand is going to go be lost to inflation if you just do nothing with it if you stick it into the stock market to companies that have pricing power, they can beat inflation for you. And your, your value of that 100000 will go up uh, historically 7 to 8% a year, beating inflation by 3 to 5% a year. You win. But the key is to find companies that have pricing power. Most do and we won't get into those particulars, but you know, a sharp increase in the price of even a small set of products creates far more pain than a rise in the overall rate of inflation, which is averaged across thousands of products. But narrow inflation is also the type of inflation that most like that's most likely to reverse itself since it reflects supply chain disruptions, which is what we're seeing now, and those will eventually be relieved. The increase in both wages and prices can lead to the dreaded wage price spiral. Yet, because it's shared by both households and businesses, the pain is muted. Indeed, a higher rate of inflation and correspondingly higher wage growth could be a net positive for the economy. Two main reasons. The first is debt dynamics. Higher rates of inflation make debt more expensive but easier to manage. A permanent increase in inflation from 2% to 4% would cause interest rates to rise by roughly 2% as well as lenders sought to protect themselves from the rising prices. Economists describe this as a rise in nominal rates because of the net return from lending. The real interest rate after accounting for inflation remains the same. One, one, way would, one way to see how this would play out is to consider the mortgage market. Higher nominal rates would mean a higher monthly payment. That might seem to make houses even less affordable. But what's been clear over the last two decades is that housing prices in the most desirable areas are determined by the maximum mortgage a family can afford. Buyers in those markets bid against each other for the relatively fixed amount of houses, and as the rates fell, families could afford to take out more mortgage, so the maximum bids rise. Overall, buyers ended up with roughly the same monthly payment. It's just where that payment is going. You want most of your payment to go into equity in the house, not to the bank. Okay? Families haven't seen their mortgage payments decline as a fraction of their income at the same rates as previous generations did because wages have been stagnant. Okay? So that gives you less room to manage unforeseen expenses. But modest increases in inflation and wages would reverse this process. So it would decrease the mortgage sizes and maximum bids, therefore slowing the rise in home prices. Meanwhile, raising wages would make those mortgages more affordable over that 30-year period because it would make it less a percentage of your total income. Okay? 
Now, here's a here's a curveball. Jerome Powell is the Fed chairman. Higher interest rates would give the Fed more room to cut rates in case of a downturn. When COVID struck, the nominal interest rate the Fed controls was only 2%. That gave it very little room to stimulate the economy. So hopefully the next recession will be the result of a global pandemic. But when it does happen, it's much better for the Fed chairman to have some wiggle room there. So everyone talks as inflation is bad, bad, bad. But what I'm saying is it's not all bad. And everyone talks about the deficit as being bad, bad, bad. And I'm saying it's not so bad. It's not so scary if you look and say, let's say it this way. Let's say you've got a ton of credit card debt and mortgage debt and all that stuff, but you had a printing press in your basement. Would it matter what your debt is when you could just go down into the basement and print it out? Now, you're saying, yeah, but that makes the dollar worth less. And I'm telling you, yes, but we've been printing and printing for 15 years now, and we still can't get the inflation rate above 2%, except for last year when we just went crazy. And it's still not that bad because wages kept up with it. So I hope that this better helps you understand inflation a little bit, the deficit a little bit, but also, you know, a scary thing and and something, some misinformation or wrong information that I see and hear all the time about the deficit is that China is going to own us or Russia is going to own us, but mostly the Chinese own our debt. And while the Chinese do own a small percentage of our debt between six and eight percent, Japan owns some of our debt as well, Saudi Arabia, a lot of the sovereign countries do. But by far, the largest owner of United States debt is the Federal Reserve. Now, the Federal Reserve is a, is a strange entity. It's been bashed by conspiracy theorists, and, and there are some dark behaviors of it in the past. It's an entity that we have to deal with as investment advisors and as someone that looks into markets, you have to deal with them, obviously. So what you need to consider, though, is that they're the ones issuing the the money to the government. The government says, we, we print this money for us and we'll borrow it from you. During the financial crisis, what they ended up doing was saying, well, guess what? We'll just buy some of that back. We're going to, you issue the bonds and we'll buy it from you. You issue it, we'll buy it. You issue it, we'll buy it. So basically what we were doing was we were taking the money from our left pocket and putting it in our right pocket. And that's called, and that was, and we were calling that debt. So not all of that $29 trillion is owned by China or uh, some other country, adversarial country that could force us. Now, if China stopped buying, they could cause they could cause disruptions. Absolutely. But what people don't understand is it would cause massive in disruptions in their economies and in the global economy because. The, the United States dollar is the global reserve currency. It's, it's everybody, everyone's currency is tied to it, not to the rupee or the ruble or the krona 
or the drachma or I mean all of those are all in their value is in relation to the United States dollar. We're, we're the big boy on the block and we sure we could keep printing and and who does it hurt? Okay, so there's two theories. Under George W. Bush, his theory was a weak dollar. He wanted to weaken the dollar. Okay? And when you weaken the dollar, it means that our goods are cheaper in relation to other people's currency. So people could buy our stuff cheaper, but it also meant that our imports were more expensive. So there's a trade-off. Who did that help? Think about that. Who does a weak dollar help? It helps exporters, people who ship our stuff overseas, and it hurts us a little bit because our buying power goes down. Now, Obama wanted a strong dollar because a strong dollar, two things, it, it, we have more buying power. Like if you went traveling out of the country, you, your dollar would go further, okay? It hurts people who ship things because now their products, if they're shipped out of the country, are more expensive to people outside and they might go elsewhere. So two competing philosophies, neither right nor wrong, just different and just knowing the difference. Me personally, I prefer a strong dollar because I want my money to go as far as I can. Now, some if, if I'm selling products to international markets, it that also depends. If I have a, if the dollar is weak, then my product looks less expensive to foreign buyers. Okay, so two different philosophies. But when we Joe Biden, obviously the dollar is losing value against other currencies when we print the heck out of it. But what we're saying is, who cares? Who cares? We, we, we need to print this money, pay for these programs, get us through the pandemic, get us back on track. And then hopefully and truthfully, it's happening. Wages will inflate, which you're seeing it across the board. You're seeing it from uh, McDonald's and Wendy's offering five hundred dollar bonuses to truck drivers that are looking at a 30 percent wage increase. You're going to have truck drivers making 30% more at the end of this cycle because they're in demand. So you're seeing that inflation can be good for wages. And if you can afford a house and you lock in that low rate for 30 years, you will protect yourself from inflation for a longer period of time. And that's a big chunk of your uh, net worth is going to be your house. So those are two of the best ways. And, and the stock market, if it historically going up 7 to 8%, will beat inflation almost every time. But let's, we can talk about the stock market later. So I hope that that kind of helps you uh, understand inflation just a little bit better. If not, then maybe it just gives you a, a new angle on it. So, oh, looks like we're under the 20 minutes for Tuesday. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next podcast. Okay, thanks for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. But if you've been putting off saving and investing, I hope that this is your wake-up call to start taking it seriously now. 
Putting a plan into action is just the first step. But if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a review on your platform of choice. And remember, you work hard for your money, so make your money work hard for you. Thank you.